0: stone
1: podcast coach stone podcast here this is episode number five I want to thank everybody listening to coach stone podcast I also want to thank JC Hawks radio and JC Sports Network for it letting me do this. Um, I want to thank BJ for talking me into doing this. I, I kind of like it a lot. Uh, for if you're a first-time listener to the podcast, let me tell you how the game plan is going to work. Uh, we're going to have a pregame. We're going to introduce our guest that's on the line right now. They're going to talk a little about themselves. Then we're going to have a kickoff question, a first drive question, and then we're going to have a halftime break, take a little water. After that, we're going to come back from halftime, get the ball back on a kick return question. We'll have our second drive and then our guests will leave us with a two-minute warning wisdom, and then we'll end the game. If there needs to be overtime, there will be overtime. But without further ado, what I'd like to do is to introduce my Coach Stone podcast guest, Wes Simmons from 3D Coaching. Coach, are you there? I'm here, Coach. It's
0: great how are you to be doing?
1: doing well. Doing well. Uh, I know we tried to do this earlier during the day, but, you know, you know how it is with families. We can't, We can't do that. So, what I like to do, coach, because a lot of people, a lot of our viewers, I, I think a lot of our viewers will know what the coach, what the uh, 3D coaching is. I mean, you guys got almost 23,000 followers, um, but I would like you to, if you don't mind, just give a little introduction about yourself, and then uh, when we get done, we'll, we'll start the kick-off question. What is 3D coaching? If that's okay, so Absolutely. coach, it's all yours.
0: I'm a husband. I'm a father. I coach to inspire athletes to pursue excellence in sports and in life while enjoying the process and embracing the journey. I've been an athlete at all, you know, obviously the youth, middle school, high school, and then college level where I really was able to see the power of the coaching platform firsthand in my own life. I had the opportunity to play at a small college in Northwest Missouri. Uh, if if any of if the listeners are familiar with small college football, you may be aware of Northwest Missouri State University. They've had a lot of success there. But the success that they've had there, in my estimation, is the result of a coach who uh, really embodied what three-dimensional coaching is all about and created a culture. From there, I ended up – pursuing a master's degree as a grad assistant there and began my coaching career. It was about year three that I had had some things change in my life and I began to pursue uh, not, not on-field coaching, but over the past, I guess it's been 18 years now, been working with coaches and athletes in different capacities while still maintaining um, connection as a coach at at various levels. But right now I'm, I'm coaching my kids. I've got four kids uh, my wife is a coach of, of our daughter. I'm coaching my boys and uh, just, just trying to hold it all together in this crazy youth sport world while seeking to inspire coaches who do this professionally to, uh, to do it a different way.
1: Well, that's awesome, Coach. Uh, do me a favor. Before we start, uh, can you please tell the listeners your, the Twitter for 3D Coaching? Because once we do this, this first question, we will go into in depth of what is 3d coaching that's okay so uh do you have the twitter for 3d coaching twitter handle
0: yeah it's, the, the handle is at 3d coaches with an es on the end
1: at 3d coaches perfect here's the kickoff question coach balls is kicked off what is 3d coaching i know a couple of years ago i was working at an event for a youth sports foundation and 3d coaching came i even bought a book I, I, I was presenting and then afterwards you guys presented. I don't, you weren't there. I don't think, but there was one guy that I saw with the uh, video that I just recently took a course of. Um, and that's what made me want to bring you on the show coach. I, I really liked it. And I, I, I think for example, myself, you know, when I was a younger coach, I was more of a yeller and things like that. And, you know, just reading the book, the three, the Bob body, Bobby Bowden book. I mean, it really touched my heart and things like that. But, uh, why don't you explain to our listeners, what is 3D coaching?
0: 3D coaching, at its very essence, is a framework for coaching. That's way we describe it. It's a framework. It's not a program. It's not a product that sits on a shelf and therefore has a shelf life. It's, it's more helpful, I believe, to visualize 3D not as a, a product or a program that sits on a shelf, but it's a shelf. In fact, in a picture, if you were to imagine a bookshelf with three shelves, each one of those shelves in the picture will hold things. So that first shelf, and, and we use a pyramid diagram to help illustrate this, that first dimension or that first shelf is the fundamentals. It's the physicality of sport. If you're going to be a great coach, you better be great in the first dimension. You better have that, sh- that shelf stocked with relevant and, um, you know, wise strategies. So at this level, we find things like, Strength, power, cardiovascular, speed, quickness, agility, tactics, repetition. There are eight in the first dimension that we've identified that if coaches are going to be a great coach, they better be good there. It's the foundation of sport. Kids are first and foremost signing up for our programs because it's physical. So what 3D coaching is not is is an attempt to just neglect the first dimension, focus only on the heart and mind, you know, circle up hold hands, sing six versus a kumbaya, and go and get her butts kicked. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not what 3D is love about. It. I love it. Uh, it's first and foremost physical. But we all know, those of who have been in coaching long enough understand that sport, you know, the best teams are, are made up not just of great athletes or, or what we would consider first dimension attributes, but there's, there's something deeper. There's something more. So the second dimension or that second shelf that we like to help coaches understand is, uh, this is the this is the we call. It, I mean, in our framework, we use the word psychology, but sometimes that can be misconstrued as a bunch of big fancy words that d- don't mean a whole lot in the real world of coaching. So we try to keep it in the realm of applied psychology. In other words, so the research-backed strategies and, and and wisdom that we've ascertained from really smart, you know, sociologists, sociologists and psychologists and all these people. But we try to put put it right there where coaches can grasp it. Things like motivation. How do you motivate a kid today when it's all about the stuff? We call it extrinsic motivation. You know, kids are motivated to play sports in today's culture by what we like to describe as the three Ps positional time, playing time, potential scholarship. Or it's all about the stuff. It's about the extrinsic rewards and trophies or the you know, at the college level, it's more and more this arms race to uh, build bigger and better facilities. None of this is wrong. It's not bad. Those aren't, but when those become the primary drivers of why kids are playing sports and parents are signing up their kids to play sports, the problem with extrinsic motivation is never enough. It always requires more and more and delivers less and less. So we, we try to help coaches develop some strategies to how do you motivate some kids from within. Uh, confidence is a second-dimension issue. We're living amongst, a, a, a we have a generation of kids right now that posture is really in a lot of ways the most confident generation ever is the way it's, it's presented or the facade they put up. But it's very fragile in the face of adversity. Uh, so so we like to tell coaches what's your strategy to coach confidence when confidence is lost? Most coaches don't have strategy. We just say be more confident. Or if it's a confidence issue, they try to fix it all in the first dimension, which they should. So there's You know, there's some issues going on with that. You know, a kid could hit the curveball last year, or he could throw the down and out last year, but this year they're off. Okay, you have to fix what's wrong in the first dimension. But if it's a confidence issue, there's something deeper going on. Confidence isn't just about the skill set, it's about belief in the skill set. Skill sets, first dimension. Belief isn't. That's something deeper. So coaches need to de- develop strategies to deal with second dimension issues in the second dimension. Uh, emotions, team cohesion, goal setting. These are the types of things that, if coaches don't have strategies for that, what happens is they tend to try to fix it all in, in the first dimension. You know, uh, for example, team cohesion. That's some fancy word for How do you get a group to come together and gel? Well, you know, if a coach doesn't have strategies for that, it's You'll hear things like, "Okay, if we're not going to get along, we're going to run," <laughs> which Ooh. is is a great, actually, you know, that's a, it's a what we're doing there is applying a cardiovascular strategy to a relational issue, and we're always framing it in terms of punishment, you know. And I, I like to remind coaches if that's your strategy for team cohesion, about the best you can hope for is to get the kids to unite in anger against you if you can make them mad. At yeah. But that's not, a, that's not the best. That's not the best. So there's things you can do, and that's what we try to do, is to help coaches understand, you know, what the framework allows is a coach to be diagnostic first and then prescriptive. Okay, let's identify, is this a second-dimension issue, is this a first-dimension issue, and then develop strategies to, to address those appropriately. And then the third dimension, the third dimension is the heart. It's that, it's that deeper executive center of the being. Uh, its form is the spirit. But its function really is the will. It's the, the, and it's the role of the heart that determines what we, what we will value and what we will ascribe more to. And we know that sport is having a tremendous impact on the heart of kids. But if coaches don't coach these things, what happens is those tend to get coached in the first dimension as well. So the issues are identity, character, significance, self-worth, value, and purpose. And if we don't help coaches or if we don't help athletes – understand that their identity is based on who they are and whose they are and and a part of the community and a cause and that their their worth is beyond what they can produce what happens is kids begin to forge a performance-based identity that you know just in terms of performance isn't helpful you know you want a kid to perform when the pressure's on you need to unchain their identity from things of that produce an emotion of fear because it's tied to a a, a certain level of expectation or performance. You want your gamers to game. They need to be free of all that and just go be creative. So these are the issues, Uh, you know, the first dimension, the second dimension, the third dimension. We want to help coaches with our framework. First establish a framework of mindset that therefore empowers them to locate issues where they surface, but then develop appropriate strategies so that we're not trying to fix second- and third-dimension issues with first-dimension strategies.
1: That, coach, that is awesome. Let's do this. There's the whistle. That first question is all done. The kickoff question is done. Let's go with the first drive question. I, before we go to the first drive question, Coach, I love how you said the whole thing about running extra, right? Because, like, I remember writing one time, hey, listen, the kid, the youth kid gets it wrong, Coach used to make me run a lap, right, or anybody run a lap. When the kid got back, he still didn't know the answer. You know, the cool thing I like about your analogies is, one, you know, talking about the three pillars, like the triangle you said, the pyramid, with the fundamentals and the bookshelf, that bookshelf, the bottom shelf needs to be filled up with fundamental stuff. Because here's the thing, a lot of, not not all the youth coaches, but a lot of youth coaches nowadays, they think they might know it all, right? I'm not saying all of them do, but some think they know everything maybe about the thing. What your program does, it it takes you step by step to get all the way to the top, and that's hard, and I think that's great. So I just want you to know, I've I've known your program for a lot of years, but I just want you to know I really appreciate you coming on the show and doing this. Could you tell our listeners, what's the website to go to if they want to check it out too?
0: 3dinstitute.com. 3dInstitute.com.
1: Okay. okay, now I don't mean that we talk about this all the time with the 3D coaching, but the next question is again with 3D coaching. That's okay. The question is this: Absolutely. the one thing I see with all the programs out there, I think you made it too. There's a ton of programs out there, like you know, the, you know, you have this program. It's just like when I'm a teacher, right? Get the next mm-hmm. best thing or this or that, right? I like, right. you know, the one thing I I took your free course, and we'll talk about that in a second. You guys had a you had a Twitter thing where you had, like, you know, sign up for a survey. But the one thing I liked about it when I took the course was to talk about growth mindset, you know what I mean? And, yes. you know, there was a story that you even did. It was about your team, how they were all together when they were little. And then they got all the way to the end, and they lost that last game. And they were sad, not because they lost, just because their journey ended. You know, I, I'm not misquoting you, am I? Is that right? No. no
0: it's, that was a story from actually <laughs> last summer.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so like, that, I saw that in the video, and it just touched it touched me in a way where it's, like, here's the thing. With your course, 3D coach, Dimensional Coaching, you guys even do a thing where you can get teachers and coaches can get CPDUs, I believe, and certification and even college classes. Is that correct?
0: Yes, we have uh... – really three different versions of our training. We have a a version called the 3D Coaching Essentials. That's the one in the month of January that we gave away for people that participated in a research project that we did. It's about 75 minutes. It's just the essentials. It's just the bare bones. What do I need to know to to grasp the framework? The next level is actually a certification course, and it's about seven hours of online training where we help coaches really dive into all the second-dimension topics and all the third-dimension topics uh, you know, not not from a, you know, we, we don't go super deep, but we go pretty deep. You know, it's seven hours of training. And
1: yeah, then we have that, a course for college.
0: college credit that that really is, is what uh, Dr. Jeff Duke teaches at the University of Central Florida. I teach it at Northwest Missouri State University. We've got a number of different university partners in their coaching methodology courses that actually use this content. Uh, and flesh it out over the course of the semester. So it's kind of three levels. We've got the light version, youth club, travel coaches, volunteer coaches. The course is for anybody, and I think you as a, as a coach at your level got a lot out of it, but it was designed for the coaches that may not be coaches by profession. Uh, the, the certification course is we got a lot of school districts in different states that will allow that for CPDUs continuing education units those types of things and we offer it for three grad credits to our university partner awesome
1: and and the thing with that i you know so pretty much like what you said is you can do the, you can do a like a like the, the one course i took was the essential course i remember and it was it was what would you say 75 minutes yes yeah and then what i remember is i, I took it Started taking it, and then I had to stop because you know how it is. What well, was me being have? You have four kids, I believe you said. I have five, and it's it's amazing because you know something happened, right? You, the, yeah. The the, white, the the general the general of the house says, hey, wait a second, I gotta go do something, or you know I need you, so I had to stop that course because the other thing too is all the stories you guys tie into that course, it makes you want to get more. And then like you said, now the college course with the certification and credit. How many hours is that? Because like I know you can do it at certain colleges, but like the online course, how long is that one?
0: Yeah, we have to justify forty-five contact hours. Um, it's gotcha.
1: for three grad credits.
0: Um, it's the same seven-hour course, though. It's just got some extra. It's got some extra reading. What we do is actually after you go through the, three D training, we have coaches dive into Joe Ehrman's Inside Out Coaching Book, which, in, in a lot of ways, you know. Takes the whole concept of 3D coaching a lot deeper, and the whole idea of having a transformational purpose as a coach. Uh, a much, and that's another resource that I'd highly recommend as a standalone, but it, it complements our training so well that we actually brought that into the grad class, and then we have a couple writing assignments and, a, and a, a case study at the end that that they have to do to basically qualify for the 45 hours. Between you and me, and I guess all the listeners, I, I don't know that it actually take that long. It could very easily but it was designed for coaches with busy schedules. There's not a video in the thing that's over six or seven minutes. So we've, we've dissected it up into bite-sized pieces to fit the busy schedule of a coach. You know, and that's
1: pretty good too. And I, you know, that's the one thing uh, like, it's like, it's like I'm selling your product for you, right coach. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, I mean, honestly, like I like it a lot. Like I think we talked before on Twitter and I just messaged him like, Hey, do you guys still have some surveys open? Because I wanted to get more coaches that I've known from my coaching tree and from overseas, hey, go do this. Because I just took, like, the 20 minutes of course. And it's just like, you know, a lot of the things resonated with me as a younger coach. And, you know, the older we get, we get wiser, and then we get more stubborn, right? You know, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that. But I think when you look at it and you listen to the videos, it's like, hey, you know what, I can do this better. I can do that better. You know, so I, I just wanted to say that's a, that's really awesome. And then the certification, the course for certification, there's two of them, right? There's a 3D um, – well, there, there's only one, right, the, three, the course for certification, three-dimensional coaching.
0: Yeah, we have two versions of that, if that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, like can you explain yeah. those for the listeners? Yeah, so with the certification course, we have a version called three-dimensional coaching, It's just our standard if you actually went by the timestamps, it's six hours and 45 minutes worth of content. And we also have a version called three, we call it three-dimensional coaching plus. And the plus just stands for additional content. And the difference is the core of the training remains the same in both versions, but for coaches who want to opt for a little bit more content, we partnered with our third dimension partner, which is the uh, FCA, the fellowship athletes to expand on our training from a faith-based perspective, so what we did was worked with a bunch of their staff to film fill short units, they're kind of tag-ons to each of the modules. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, as coaches go through the 3D training, they, you know, it, they they want to see it through that lens, so we provide that as an option. And then, you know, they're they're just a great organization that's invested a lot in, in the development of 3D. They've been a great partner in this whole endeavor, so um, we're we're excited to partner with them. Well, That's
1: awesome. Okay, Coach, there's the whistle. First drive's over. We're going to go halftime, so we're going to let the marching bag get on the field. We're going to get off. We'll take a water break, and then we'll game plan for our next thing. Is that okay, Coach? Yep. Perfect. The Big Four, a physical education book written by Coach Anthony Stone, can be purchased through the following locations. Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, and Kobo. Brunch, $30.
0: that's okay, Wendy. That was a good carry. You're still the man. You're the man. Latte, $4. Shake it off, Johnny.
1: Rub some dirt on it. New piano, $3,000. All right, guys, they're not saying boo. They're saying movers. Supporting your team. All Bobby, you still got the best home in the neighborhood.
0: There are some things money can't buy.
1: For everything else, there's MasterCard. This is VCap, right? We are back from halftime. Coach, did you get enough water?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I didn't overdo it. (laughs)
1: We we made our adjustments. We don't have no baseball bat hitting the door like we were talking about earlier. (laughs) (laughs)
0: we'll,
1: We'll do this, okay? Coaching youth sports, okay? Uh, you said I, I do it. I love coaching my child. You know, I, I think it's great to do it. You coach your you coach your three boys. You said you, you said your wife coaches your your daughter. I also coach my daughters in soccer. Even though, I don't tell the viewers I'm not. I just tell them to kick the ball as hard as I can. You know, and I, I tell them to go to the back cave. Because my daughter's five years old. I said just kick it in the back cave. The joker is a goalie. Kick it past them to get in the back cave. And the laugh, <laughs> kids laugh. But. um there's a there's a thing I want to do with the question, and the, and I apologize for, like, you know, jumping all around, but there's a thing on your website about, you know, it's a gift for administrators and athletic directors, anybody who's responsible for leading coaches within an athletic organization. This could go for either the new sports, right? So, and I, I believe it is. Maybe I'm wrong, but, Coach, explain what that is, a free gift. It's, like, two hours and 15 minutes long. Can you explain how that will uh, – how, how, how that program works. And it's free. I love free. I just want you to know, Wes, I love free. So can you explain that to our awesome listeners? Uh, what, is, what is that details?
0: Absolutely. We, we felt like there was a gap that we needed to fill to help. There's, there's not a lot of training out there for coaches. There's some, and there's becoming more and more. And we're, we're happy about that we don't see any of these great initiatives that that I would describe as a transformational movement in sports to help recover uh, some of the, the the beauty that's been lost in a win at all cost culture and uh, you know just a, just there's a lot of great and good that remains about sports but if we're all honest there's a lot of things that I think we need we can do more with them more excellently if that's a word. <laughs> uh, that.
1: It is now. It is now. Yeah, it is now. And
0: all those great programs and all those great resources, we don't want to compete with any of them. We're on the same team. We're teammates. We're partners in purpose. We're teammates for transformation. But we feel like our deposit is to what I'll describe as the transformational movement of sport, and it harkens back to what I said earlier, we're a framework. We're not an application. We're an operating system. And maybe that's the analogy I'll use right now. Uh, I'm I'm on my iPhone right now. This is an operating system. Now, if, if I wasn't on the phone with you and I was looking at the screen, I'd see lots and lots of applications, lots of apps. There's a lot of great applications out there, and they're all, and a lot of them are all one good idea at a time. But there's no unifying strategy to it. So this goes back to the idea of the shells too. I'm kind of mixing analogies here, so bear with me. Uh, you know. Coaches that coach long enough begin to recognize their need for applications that deal with athletes beyond the physical. We do get more stubborn. I, I'm with you on that. But we also become more wise. And we, I think with time, we begin to see, man, that just doesn't work like it used to. Or this does work, and I don't necessarily know why, but I'm going to keep doing that. What 3D does is it provides a simple language that helps coaches identify the issues and what it does is it creates a hunger now for applications. A lot of times what happens when coaches go through our training is they, it exposes the voids in the program. Dang, we're, not, we're doing really good in this dimension. Probably could do better in this dimension. We are doing this over here in this dimension that's really good in the second dimension. That's why it works. We need to keep doing that. But it exposes some voids there. And then what we find is about 95% of coaches don't have a real clear articulated strategy for the third dimension. In fact, if, if we go back to the research that Dr. Duke did originally, it was about 75% of coaches were first dimension only. About, you know, 15 to 20% of coaches had clearly articulated strategies for the second dimension. It was only about five, maybe 10% had strategies for the third. So what happens when, when people see the 3D framework, the light bulb goes on and this basic truth comes to light. It's to not coach in all three dimensions, by very definition, is not to get the, is to not get the best of your athletes, because they are three dimensional, and one dimension affects the other two. So, as a framework, it begins. What it begins to do is, is show the voids of where we can get better, and it creates a hunger for applications. Now back to the smartphone analogy. Now I need to download some apps. I'm looking for apps. But first got to have an operating system. Otherwise, I don't value the apps. That's what we see a lot. There's a lot of great programs, but coaches don't necessarily value them because they don't see how that fits into really what they're already doing. It feels like extra homework or extra, you know, uh, something else that somebody's trying to put on my already full plate (laughs) as opposed to. Wow, if I once I understand why I coach and I have this framework called 3D, now I want those applications. So that's our deposit, I feel like, as a framework, we can bring all the good stuff together in a in a coherent way that really can become open source to people on the back end for training. That's our gift to athletic directors. Most athletic directors don't have a strategy to really hang their hat on as far as how they operate as an entity. Um, in fact, in education, a lot of the feedback we get from administrators is every, every couple of years, it's something new, you know, a principal, a superintendent, somebody will go to a conference somewhere, hear a great speaker, they come back and say, oh, we're doing this now, we're this type of school now. And teachers get tired of that, coaches get tired of that. What 3D allows is a sturdy framework that doesn't change. Meanwhile, the applications... Can, can always be changing because the issues don't change. Motivation, confidence, emotions, team cohesion, goal setting, purpose, mm-hmm. identity, significance, self-worth, all kinds of, of applications can address those issues, but the issues remain the same. Therefore the framework remains intact. We try to help through our administrators course. We try to help those in authority over coaches understand how this, this is a framework that can serve you in your quest to fulfill your transformational purpose as a leader of coaches. One of the things we like to help coaches understand is that, that one coach will impact more people in a year than the average person does in a lifetime. Wow, that's a heavy statement. I believe it's true. What does that mean for an AD if they lead their coaches well? So our our part is not just to reach individual coaches, but empower those in authority over coaches to give them the gift and the training that will empower them to really leave the legacy that we all want to leave at the end of life. That's why we get into coaching.
1: That that is very true, you know. And you know, to follow up with the question, coaching youth sports, for the listeners out there, what like what obstacles and what like you know, those I call it the priceless moments, like you were just saying, how you're touching all these kids' lives. As a teacher I do it every day and I, I love teaching young kids, older kids, whatever. But can you just dive into a little bit what's it like coaching in, in you, your your kids' sports, your son's sports, and is there any obstacles you, you come across that maybe could help the viewers with?
0: I'd say the obvious one is the first dimension. I mean I, I started my coaching career at the college level and I remember coaching my daughter's six six year old friends in T ball for the first time and I and I I thought I was a pretty good first dimension coach. Until I tried to teach six-year-olds how to play softball for the first time, <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, okay, we're gonna start out really simple. We're gonna line these girls up. And I gave them some real ins- simple instructions. Okay, I'm gonna roll you the ball. I want you to feel it with your glove, and I want you to throw it back, throw it back to me. Well, the first blow up, put the, you know, she's she's right-handed, so the glove should go on her left hand. She puts it on her right hand. <laughs> she scoops it up with her right hand, and she throws it lacrosse style. Back to me, Look the right, ball man. pops out. The glove comes off, goes about three feet, and I thought, okay, we got some work to do here in the first dimension. <laughs> There's uh, a big difference uh, uh, between six-year-old girls and uh, and highly motivated college athletes. So, you know, but it, it was but it's important. If, if we're not going to be good in the first dimension, we're going to have we're going to have the credibility to capture their hearts and, and and coach them in a way because we need to help them get. So, the biggest challenge I find with coaching youth sports is that you have a limited amount of discretionary time. When you're a high school coach or even a middle school coach, and you've got kids, they're in your, they're in your environment for the most, time, most part a lot of the day if you're an on-campus coach or if you're a club and, and you're dealing with kids year-round, you have those opportunities to build a relationship. The biggest challenge with youth sports, at least at the younger levels, is that you know, you're practicing once a week. And if you're not spending the majority of that time on the first dimension, then come Saturday, uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be hard to be successful. And then you start losing kids because they get either really frustrated, or you know the other. On the other hand, though, you, it's easy for them to get bored. And when we get, uh, if all we do is the first dimension, so there's finding that balance. That's the biggest challenge of how do you keep it fun? How do you infuse the program with joy? Yet still get to the arduous task of just mastering the fundamentals uh, and how that chips away at discretionary time to really teach the life lesson. So you just got to be creative. Some simple things that we, we, we do that help, uh, they don't take a lot of time, but they make a big difference and they make a
1: big impact. Now, let me ask you this question, Coach. I hear it all the time, the parents, parents, parents. What, what positive things have you dealt with and is there any story you'd like to share about? you know, something to help with parents and things like that?
0: Yeah, I think the first thing I would share with coaches and parents is that we got to quit looking at each other through our gun sights as enemies and see each other as allies. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny. When I do workshops, I'll talk to a group of parents, and I'll say, hey, what's the number one problem with youth sports? And you know what their answer is? What is their answer? <laughs> the coaches. Because along with right? coaches, I say, hey, <laughs> what's the number one problem with youth sports? You know what they say? The parents. Uh, this is, you know, we, we need to unite in purpose and, and think about the long term athlete development that, that really both of us want for this kid. Now, the problem is we live in a society, I mean, there's a lot of problems, but one of the problems is we live in a society that has, uh, has where the air that we breathe in youth sports is conveying this message to more and more parents that you've got to start earlier and earlier and earlier. It's more and more competition so that you're ready for the next level, the next level, the next level. And the the joy of the process, the joy of the journey gets robbed from kids at younger and younger ages. And it just really breeds transactional relationships. And you got parents now that are investing so much money and so much time in their kids' youth sport journey. My advice to parents is don't ever invest in youth sports. It's a terrible investment. You know, now, I'm not saying don't give your kid all the best opportunities and, and spend money and, and if you value it, but do it for the right reasons because the reality is to that, about 2% of high school varsity athletes are that age that will get a scholarship. You know, On average, it will be less than $11,000 a year, but I read a USA Today stat this, this past semester that nearly 20% of families in America are spending over $1,000 a month per kid on competitive elite youth sports. And the, well, the bubble burst at the end of the road that if you are one of those 2% to get a scholarship, you spent more money in their eight year old season than they're going to get on average per year in college. So we're spending $12,000 $12, a year from the age of what, six through 18. <laughs> and what's the return on that investment? It's terrible. The bigger issue is it breeds a transactional relationship. If, if, if I'm investing, what do I expect? A return on that investment. Therefore, when a kid doesn't produce, it's the car ride home that that gets expressed. That gets expressed. And I submit that what, what our kids need more than anything is unconditional love from mom and dad. So don't give your kids, don't invest in their youth sport journey. Rather, give them the gift of playing youth sports. There's no expecti- no expectation on a return when you give a gift. It doesn't mean it's not a lavish gift. That doesn't mean you don't spend money and travel and all those things. But it's a mindset thing. Um, it, it, and, and we don't need parents being transactional with kids. We need parents that love their kids unconditionally. So that's the first thing I would say to parents. On the other hand, I think that it's the coach's responsibility to help redefine success for those parents. You know, even the most overzealous dad, and, and trust me, <laughs> I could easily become that myself. I, mm-hmm. It's a constant pressure for me to embody what I know in my heart to believe. Uh, you know, I've got all this information and all this knowledge and it's the curse of knowledge. <laughs> Meaning once I know it, I can't unmute, but that doesn't make the pressure any less real when my kid is the one out there and I'm feeling the pressure that he or she perform and all those things that I just talked about. So, even but here's the point I'm making that even the most overzealous zealous mom and dads that um, really are driving their kids or, or driving the youth sport culture I should say and just kind of going with the flow of that behind all of it is a love for their kids we got to remember that as coaches that dad that shows up at three o'clock every single day at practice and you, you wonder dude don't you have a job how do, how do you get here every day at three o'clock <laughs> right. That dad awesome. loves their kid, and they want something great for their kid. There's nothing wrong with that. But as coaches, we got to – but you got to understand, they're coming in to your program with goals that don't necessarily line up with the team goals. You know, they, they've been taught to think that you're, they're using your program to, as a stepping stone to the next level that may or may not exist. Probably doesn't for most. So we need to keep – the root of their passion in place, which is a love for their kid. But what we need to do is, is redefine what success looks like. And to me, that's not centered on goals, individual goals or team goals. That's not big enough to sustain it and and to bring it all together. Mm -hmm. What we need are coaches who have articulated their transformational purpose for coaching. And what, what I find is when a coach can do that, parents buy into that because ultimately that's what they want. They want their kid to be okay in the future. That's and, awesome. And we can provide them that hope, but we've got to take, we got to do the work as coaches to define that in our own life and to be able to articulate that.
1: There's the whistle. That was a great, great kickoff return question. You know, talking about youth sports and going over your administration course. I highly recommend. I have not taken the administration course, but if I took the essentials course and I like that, I guarantee you. Uh, any youth program out there, any any, F-I-A-D, take the administration course. It's, it's a couple hours long, but it's well worth it and it's free. so I'll dive into more of the three d coaching. Um, okay, last question, coach. We're on the second drive. Last question of the podcast. you know, we I, I had like tons of questions and then one came to my head about coaches, right? Uh-huh. If, if, if like you said, something about united, right? And and here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to put, like, hashtag unite all, right? Unite, unite okay. all. You know, parents and coaches, I think that would be a great hashtag. We could we could start right now to unite all the parents and co- youth coaches come together. Because here's the thing, too. You know, they have some places in Illinois, place in Illinois, and also New York. They're trying to get rid of tackle football from ages six through middle school. You know, and that you can't tackle in high school. You know the biggest thing I think is this, and you said it right now. It's the co the coaches, if they have that all three levels in 3D coaching. I think, and I feel, and I know you probably agree to this because, you know, you are you are 3D you are the 3D coaching thing. But I think educating the coaches, and plus your program, you said has has backing, correct? You have like research and all that stuff. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: Okay. So the question I have for you is this. If, if we had more coaches educated, do you think we'd have more problems? Because, like, back when we were little, we had no problems in football, right? I played at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. I remember playing you guys one time in a JV game. You know, and you guys were really tough. Um, but here's the thing. What do you think, if, if we think that we educate the youth coaches more, you know, because some coaches, like you said, they show up at work at three o'clock just to coach their kids. Even, you know, and you're like, you know, how do they get there to watch them? How do they get there to get off work? They're doing because they love it. How can we help those coaches that don't know a lot about the sport or just let's? We're using football for example, right? But that's any sport. How can we educate them better? What's your advice? That's my question. What's your advice to educate those coaches that have to coach their kids' team? or have to coach a team, or they won't have a team. If that makes sense. You know, whatever. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think that,
0: first of all, this this, this really is a, a good offshoot of the previous question about administrators. Yeah. Because I think that as administrator, administration and people who, are, again, are allowing coaches to coach kids could do a better job of equipping. And, and what we feel like is important, But this could apply to a head coach, or I think it just applies to any of us who want to be good leaders, that, you know, one of the things we try to help administrators understand is that if you want to create a transformational culture, there's three primary things that you need to provide. The first is you need a baseline of training for all coaches. Uh, What's the baseline? What's the baseline that that establishes the common framework and the common language? You know, in football, I mean, just how if you hired if if you're the head coach and you hire an offensive or defensive coordinator, and then you staff it with position coaches, what's the first thing you need to do? You need to be able to make sure you're all speaking the same vernacular. Correct. You got to have you got to all be on the same the same language.
1: Yeah, that's huge. it, It is
0: huge, but there's no language for how to deal with kids beyond the physical. That's what we we like to provide is. Because you, you, we can't just we can't think beyond our own vocabulary our, our thought life is hemmed in by the by the way that we porn thoughts which is by our vocabulary so what 3d does is it gives you a simple vocabulary that allows you to think in a new way in a new language where you can share ideas and be innovative just like once I often all speak the same language innovation goes through the roof so you need to have a baseline training that, that all coaches can and the second thing you need is ongoing mentoring opportunities. You know, in, in an age of busyness that we're all in, this is, this is very difficult to carve out the time, but I would submit that I also just made an argument for why it's more valuable than the, maybe the most valuable thing we can do is mentorship. So you need, you need a baseline of training. You need ongoing mentorship. And then the third thing is you need ongoing resources again, to stock the shelves and continue to innovate new ideas. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that I would choose the administrator to provide for your coaches. But Back to the thing you talked about earlier is as coaches individually, we need to be responsible for our own growth and cultivate that growth mindset. Our, one of the things I like to ask coaches, just point blank in our workshops, is are you coachable and teachable or are you rigid you know I love I love John Wooden who famously said it's what you know after or it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts and that's indicative of an incredibly wise man that well into his 90s still had this incredible growth mindset was still learning was still growing and what 3d does is basically gives a language to a guy like John Wooden, he was a 3D coach. He would have called himself that. But uh, so, with a growth mindset, what are you doing as a coach to invest in your own development, and what are you doing to help yourself understand the dynamics of why the 21st century athlete is a different breed than it was two generations ago? The light bulb may go on. An old school coaching practice—it's not about right or wrong. It's not that it was that it, that was the wrong way and this is the right way now. That's not it at all. It's just that the culture shifted, and so should you have cared for a kid's heart back in the 80s and 90s or 70s? Yeah, but you didn't have to. It was a different day and age. Kids had so much margin in their life. Mom and dad were home, you know, and they, were, they didn't have near near the amount of competition that they're, they're exposed to now. And competition drains drains you down. You know, it's, it's it's life draining. It doesn't make it bad. It just it requires recovery. So it's important to understand some of these dynamics that kids have coming into our programs with so a uh, little margin in their life. They've been there, done that. They've, they've, By the time they get to high school football, they may have had 50 or 60 games in their life already, which is, yeah. I don't know, that's calculated. It's, I haven't played a whole lot of, more than that all the way through college. So it's, things are shifting, you yeah. know, dynamics in the home are changing. There's never been a more challenging time to coach than 21st century, but I hasten to add this. There's never been a more rewarding time to coach either if a coach can can seek out, clarify, define their transformational purpose, and then develop strategies in all three dimensions to fulfill that purpose, but it's on each individual coach to invest in their own development.
1: We want to help them do that. That's awesome. That a hey, coach right there is it. That that's awesome. There's the whistle, coach. That's phenomenal. Um, Before we let you go, Coach, we're we're at the two-minute warning. You have two, whatever, how many minutes you want. What parting thought do you want to leave with our viewers? What what kind of words of wisdom would you like to leave us with? The floor is yours, sir.
0: I think that we're at a moment in time where change is needed. Uh, Sport, especially the sport of football, has a trajectory that, uh, you know, you just follow that trajectory too long. If something doesn't change, it threatens the whole industry. But it's not, you know, I, you could take a, a lot of different areas of s- different sports and find areas of discontent. But the thing I would like to just leave us with is this idea that talks about how change happens. And it comes from a guy named Kleiker in the 1980s. It, it, was, it was called The Formula for Change. There's a, you can look it up on Wikipedia The Formula for Change. This is what he said. Change is a result of this mathematical formula. C equals D times V times FS, and it's got to be greater than R. Now, if you're a math person out there, you're, you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, let me add a little definition to that. C is change. Change equals first, discontent. Where there is no discontent, there is no change. Discontent's a starting point. But without the rest, there's no change. That's why it's a multiplication formula. Discontent times vision times first steps. It's got to be greater than resistance. That's how change happens. I think we all have discontent in, in some form or fashion. Many of us do with, with the experience of sport in America in this, this day and hour. Um, if you're not, well, then there's not going to be any change. But that's not enough. you got to have a vision for what it could be. What is the legacy that you want to leave as a coach? What is the preferred vision of the future for this athlete? Is it a partial scholarship at some small school? Or is it that they become a flourishing member of, of society and a, a transformational leader in their own right? And you made a deposit of that. Is that the vision? If it is, that's good. That, that means it's not a zero. See, if any of these are zero, the whole thing's zero. It's a multiplication formula. So it's change equals discontent times vision – Times FS or first steps. You can have discontent, you can have vision, but if you don't have practical next steps, it's a zero. No change happens. Everything's zero. We'll come back to that. All of that has to be greater than R, which stands for resistance. And in this column or, or in this, this idea of resistance, there's those who can stop it from happening, those that can allow it to happen, and those who can make it happen. So the question I would just submit to to coaches: If you have any kind of discontent with the coaching profession, you're getting frustrated. You're you're frustrated by the 21st century athlete. You have the sentiment that kids just aren't as tough today. There's discontent, but maybe through this podcast, you're saying, "Man, I've, I've got a vision for what it could be." That starts to crystallize in your eyes. That's in your mind's eye. That's awesome. What's your next step? what's your next step or your first step? And I would submit that that, that next step that, that we need to do as a coaching community is define the why, define our transformational purpose. And then what 3D does is allows us to systematically create a plan to fulfill that. And I think once you find – and what, what we find from coaches all over the world that experience our training is once they define and discover their transformational purpose, they begin to enact strategies to fulfill that, it fulfills them, and we get reports all over the world of coaches that this, this really invigorates why they got into coaching in the first place. That's what we need. We need coaches that are full of hope, that have hope's function is to, to empower us in the present. You know, hope in the future will empower us in the present to endure, to pursue, to persist. We need that because this generation of kids needs it.
1: That's what I'm giving my life to, to inspire coaches to do that. I have great hope in that. That's, Coach, that's awesome. Coach, that is phenomenal. With that being said, that's the end of the game. Um, before we, we thank you again, Coach, I want to thank everybody for listening to the uh, Coach Stone podcast. I want to thank J.C. Hawks Radio, J.C. Sports Network. I want to thank Coach Wes Simmons for uh, 3D coaching to come on Coach Stone podcast. Our next guest will be uh, – Will be announced very shortly for episode six, Coach. Before we leave, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing this. But before we leave, and then I leave, I'll leave with like a last, uh, a little thing of mine. But please tell everybody the Twitter handle again, and also the website that they want to go to to learn more about it and stuff.
0: Yeah, I would love to connect on social media. Twitter's at 3D Coaches. Number three, capital or capital D, capital C, Coaches with an E S at 3D Coaches. We also got a nice little community on Facebook, Three Dimensional Coaching. It's three-dimensional, all one word, number three, capital D, no hyphens or anything. And then our website's 3dinstitute.com. That's where we offer all our various trainings and courses. And As you mentioned, there's some freebies on there too for
1: administrators. <laughs> got to gotta love the freebies, right? right Absolutely. So thanks again, for, thanks again for, uh, for coming on the Coach Stone Podcast. I want to leave everybody with this. Always remember, instilling confidence by laying a foundation. That's what my Back to the Basics camps are all about. You know, I definitely want to make sure that I will be definitely, when I'm doing my Back to the Basics camps, I will be, you know, telling everybody, hey, go on go on, 3D Coaching. Get that free administration class. It's well worth it. And then to see what goes from there. I mean, worst case, it's free for those, for those youth organizations, high school organizations, any organization, any sports organization. It'll be great. But uh, that's all. That's all for tonight. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a great night. Coaststone Podcast.